Last week we came to some conclusions that preaching styles, though very much influenced by our personalities, also have much to do with our previous life experiences. We find that the true to be with Peter, and we're endeavoring to get to 1 Peter and 2 Peter. I'm not sure we're going to make it today, because I want us to just really understand Peter and have an appreciation for him. You know, our goal is to preach through those books sequentially, all right? But before we begin that effort, as we study Peter through the scriptures, we can gain a better understanding of his life to gain more appreciation and understanding of Peter that we might better understand and take to heart the word of his epistle. So we are going very slow and we're, we're setting this up. It's, it's very tempting to just move on and get to the epistles where we're headed. But this type of preaching takes time. Um, and so I just feel that that's what we should do at this point in time. <clears throat> now a little review. We have first observed how it was his brother Andrew who brought Simon Peter to first meet Jesus at the time when John the Baptist was baptizing in Jordan. As they followed Jesus, Jesus turned and addressed Peter. It says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said this, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The first encounter um, uh, with Jesus, Jesus' first encounter with Peter began with his knowledge of his name. Who his father's name was and given him a new nickname. Now, I don't know about you, but I want you to think about this. You don't typically get nicknames from somebody until you've been around them a while. Jesus' first encounter with Peter, with his knowledge of his name, his father's name, and the new nickname, it, it speaks of a couple of things. One, it speaks of authority. <laughs> who is it that can say who your nickname's going to be right off the bat when, they, when you first meet them? It would seem kind of like, who are you? It speaks of authority. It also speaks of foreknowledge because he knew of what was going to happen with Peter. And it speaks of meaning in his life. You know, we all have, uh, we're all not Peter. Peter is not the goal. Peter is Peter. God has something for all of us and he, he meets us in our own way and we all have Meaning we have, uh, we are ordained of God to serve Him, to know Him, and to serve Him. Now it would seem that the next encounter with Jesus was after Jesus was tempted by the devil. It appears that He went out into the wilderness and was tempted. And after that He goes walking by the sea. That He calls Peter, James, and John, and they follow Him. But it seems that perhaps... Perhaps after following Jesus the first time, 
from their boats that perhaps they return to their fishing trades after some period of time. When Jesus would come again to their workplace. Jesus would enter into Peter's boat this time. While he was, well, he was mending the nets and while he was fishing, Jesus would have Peter hop on and he says, thrust out a little. And he used this boat as a pulpit, making a little space to preach to those on the shore who were following Jesus to hear the word of God. Now here's our fishing story, which you see in your bulletins here. All right, the first one anyway. Afterward, he tells Peter to go into the deep and drop the net for a great catch. I mean, go out where there's deep waters. Um, Peter has some doubts, but he says, nevertheless, that thy word will do this, okay? But, you know, we haven't caught anything all night. They were mending their nets and fi fixing them. Nevertheless, he did as Jesus said. The result was not just one boatload of fishes, <laughs> but he had to call James and John to fill their boats so much that there was so much fish that the boats began to sink. Now, I'm just going to take a stab at how many fishes there was. First, I think there, there were probably maybe smaller species of fishes. And remember, the net broke this time. So they lost some of them. But I'm going to guess that there was 3,000, 5,000, or maybe 8,000 fishes. Those numbers ought to ring a bell the day of Pentecost after that. Whether it was that much or not, it had to be more than they had ever seen because you see the response that they had. They, it was a miracle. In other words, I'm sure they've had great catches of fish, but this was just not any normal great catch of fish. They, they were humbled. They were astonished. And this time Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth, Thou shalt catch men. In Luke 5.11 it is said of them, And when they had brought their ships to land, Now this is a little different. Before they followed him, it says they forsook all and followed him. Peter in the case of the rich young ruler mentioned that. He said, we forsook all to follow you. I don't believe they would return to fishing until a deja vu experience after Jesus' resurrection just prior to his final ascension. We'll talk about that this morning a little bit. In the next few years, and again, we're, we're looking at Peter's life. I want you to just get involved in who is this Peter because he is the one who's going to be speaking to us. And I think he stands to say a lot that we should pay attention to. Next few years, Peter would experience power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manners of sickness and all manner of diseases. He would see Jesus walking on the sea. And Peter would experience walking on the sea toward Jesus and also sinking on the sea when he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink, yet also have Jesus take him by the hand and save him from sinking. I'd say that's pretty quite an experience in his life. Peter was given blessing by Jesus when he stated that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And moments later, Jesus calls him Satan because of a fleshly rebuke of Christ that he should not suffer and die. I mean, right after that. Think of his life. Peter, as well as James and John, are together when Jesus is transfigured in glory before them. 
with Moses and Elias appearing before them and hearing God speak, signifying Jesus as the Son of God, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now there was another time that that happened at his baptism early on, where the voice of God came and signified Jesus as the Son of God. Peter learns about tribute from Jesus, or paying taxes. He gets himself in a situation. Having been the one who at Jesus' foreknowledge and instruction, he would wet a line, as Andy would say, that's fishing, put a hook on, wet a line and pull up a fish with a coin in its mouth to pay tribute as not to offend the tax collectors. It's an interesting thought that Jesus, he, he taught them that it wasn't necessary because of who they were and who they were of God. But yet, he didn't want to offend the people. Kind of taught a little bit of how he's seen other people. Peter learns a lesson about forgiveness, asking if he could forgive seven times in a day, would that be good enough? Which was more than double of what the tradition, the Jewish tradition was of that day. But Jesus said 70 times 7 because he was teaching him of what he would later understand of what all was forgiven of him. There is no right, no rights. And he gave a story there to not forgive anybody else of anything. We have no right as Christians for what all has been forgiven of us to, to not be forgiving of others. Then Peter was at the Last Supper. Forbidding Jesus... Now, I want you to look at all what happened to Peter just before Jesus went to the cross. I mean, talk about strikeouts. <laughs> he forbidden Jesus to wash his feet until Jesus said Peter would not have par with him if he did not wash his feet. And then impetuous Peter says, well, from head to toe, wash me a whole, Lord. And Jesus had to do some explaining there. And then he, the Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's in Luke chapter 22. Jesus tells of his death, soon to be, and how the disciples would be offended in him. Yet Peter would say, though everyone else would be offended. <laughs> Here's another strike. And this is right toward the end of when Jesus is going to the cross. He would not. Jesus tells him that he'll deny him three times before the cock crows. Peter goes to the garden and fails to stay awake as Jesus prays with sweat drops of blood. He is rebuked by the Lord. Jesus is in captured of the high priest and his entourage. And Peter cuts off the high priest's servant's ear, of which he's rebuked by Jesus, and he sees Jesus heal the soldier's ear. He also saw, and there's many things I don't have in between of Peter, but I, I think of that, that sight of uh, when Jesus said, I am he, and, and, it, and it just threw all all of them down on the ground, just him saying that. Peter would have saw that. 
Peter follows afar off as Jesus is brought to trial. Three different times he denies Jesus. In the last denial, the cock crows. And Jesus locks eyes with Peter. Peter is crushed. Man, you think about humanly speaking, of all just that went on. Big F failure, you know, it's just written all over you. Seeing Jesus look at you as he told you that you, he would deny him three times. And he did. He was confused. He was afraid of the Jews. All the disciples, they were hiding. Bless John, who was stayed nearby. Upon the first day of the week, he's told that Jesus' body has been moved. He investigates to see if it's true. He's, he sees it, and he's bewildered, and he heads home. But through the scriptures, it doesn't say what was said, but it appears that Jesus would have Appear to, to Peter and have a little talk with Jesus. We sing that song. <laughs> I believe this is the time that Jesus said, When thou art converted, when you understand, and then go and strengthen the brethren. Jesus appears to the di disciples the first time without Thomas, who will not believe until he can see and touch Jesus. Jesus appears a second time with Thomas among Peter and the disciples. Then Jesus appears a third time, and this is the very deja vu moment would had to be. A moment when I think for the first time, after forsaking all for Jesus, decides, this is what Peter decides, to go a fishing again with six other disciples. Remember, Jesus called him away from that to be fishing for men, and at this time... They take it back up. Now turn to John chapter 21. We're going to read through this story. So I think it's very pertinent when we look at Peter and what all he's went through, what he's doing, and then he goes fishing again and how Jesus talks to him the third time he appears to him after his resurrection. John 21 verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Remember the first time they went fishing? They went all night and they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore... And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, that be John, saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, 
for they were not far from the land, but as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a, a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. Now, I've never heard anything preached on this, but that number is just so interesting to me. It's just something I've been asking the Lord at some point to let me know the significance of that, because it, it seemed to be a significant number. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. These were large fish too, by the way. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine, and none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Then Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples, after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? Uh, it could be different things, but they drug, he had them drag the fishes up there. And my thought, of all the things you love to do, Peter, you love to fish. Look at, the, look at the size of these fish. Look at this catch. You know what that feeling's like, you people who are fishermen. You can throw in anything you want into there. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Peter, feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now think of Peter, what he's been through. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, and I'll tell you what, Peter's familiar with threes in his life. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. I want you to understand that it was very clear what Peter's job was, was to feed the sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. There's another. That was the same sequence that, that happened the first time. It says, Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow me. Now I like to paraphrase this a little bit. What's it to you, Peter? You know, we say that to, you know, people ask us a question that they have no right to ask. So what's it to you? 
then it says, went the saying among the brethren that the disciples should not die. See, you, you, this gossip thing isn't new today, you know. It goes off and they, they, they say that Jesus said that he would not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die. But if he, that, if he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? They totally uh, said the wrong thing about that. So this is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now we have Peter after the ascension, after Jesus goes away. Now, there's something interesting here. Matthew, if you look at Matthew, it ends with the notion of the resurrection. You go look at the end of it, the notion there is speaking of the resurrection. Mark ends with the notion of the ascension, of when Jesus goes in heaven. Luke ends with the thought of the coming of the Holy Spirit, and John ends with the notion of the second coming of Christ. But all four of those Gospels funnel into the book of Acts. In chapter 1, we see the resurrection, the ascension, the coming of, of the Holy Spirit, and Christ's return all come together and pulls all the Gospels together in one place. Acts is the bridge between the Gospels and the epistles, of which we'll see more of Peter's life before he writes his epistles. So we're kind of looking, okay, so what was Peter's life like after um, the ascension. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that be Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together, with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And you know what? Don't we have a day of today as everybody's trying to figure that out? But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go up into heaven. So we see here all the Gospels funneling down, the resurrection. The ascension, the Holy Spirit, Christ coming again. Acts 1.15, it says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, 
which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong. He burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called in their proper tongue, Akadama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. It says, Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all at the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Now, this is an interesting thing. We see Peter just jumping up. I, I, believe, I believe Peter was in, still impetuous. All I see in the scripture is that he was told to wait. They were to wait on the Holy Spirit for their leadership. Um, the casting of lots here. Matthias, uh, who's not really ever mentioned again in scriptures. This is to be people who would disagree with this, but I don't believe that this was the one to replace and be the twelfth apostle. I believe that was Paul. But nothing said about it. Nothing said about Jesus telling him to do this. It just seems Peter, and you could say, well, if that's true, you know, that, that wasn't very good. Why is it in the Bible? You know, we do a lot of things in church. I think are inert <laughs> to God. God just looks at it, just just fill in stuff. Um, it doesn't. He doesn't come and say that's bad. Or he doesn't say that's right. It's just stuff. But Acts chapter two, beginning in verse one, this this was something that happened when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It wasn't a rushing mighty wind, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It wasn't fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter has experienced what the Holy Spirit can do. But Peter, standing up in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, after all this happens, he stands up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then in Acts 2.41, well, before we get to Acts 2.41, he 
he preaches. He preaches a message. He preaches Jesus. So they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day they were added unto them. Here's that number that I came up with, about 3,000 souls, because Jesus said, you will become fishers of men. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43, and fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Now we sing a song about this, okay? Uh, This is a pretty significant happening here. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. (laughs) I like to kind of picture this in my mind. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now this is significant. This is at the temple. Remember, the Jews are just as well, they made up their stories. They're going to kill this Jesus thing. They're after him. This is right in, in the temple that this happens. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. (laughs) I don't know about you, but if you haven't walked, and there's atrophy that happens. Not only that, it says, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat, at, sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. And all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, listen to what he says. Now remember, these apostles were afraid and running not long before this. He said, Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? Now, go to Acts chapter 4, verse 1, and it said, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Okay, here comes the big brass now. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They're going to stop this thing. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even time. Now I'll tell you, through the book of Acts, God does great things, then there's persecution. God does great things. It's just just a way of life uh, with Peter and the apostles. 
Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about, here's the next word, 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and the elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, listen to what it says, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, listen to what he says, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, your story being wrong, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So we know Peter, he's just, just a fisherman. Maybe not had much of an education at all. It says, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Acts chapter 5. Here's another situation. These are the situations and the things that Peter had gotten himself into. And, but Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? God was really working and they were bringing all things together and the Holy Spirit, through Peter, pointed out Ananias. There's only one way he could have known, it's through, through God. In Acts 5, 29, the famous statement, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. He is being built up. He is learning the Holy Spirit's work. Remember, Peter was all into what he could do. <laughs> and he's learning what all God can do. Acts chapter 9, verse 34, And Peter said unto him, Annius, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise and make thy bed. And he rose immediately. He, uh, he healed the impotent man there. Acts 9.38 And for so much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring that he would not delay to come unto them. And Peter arose and went with him. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the win- widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He raised someone from the dead. Acts 10, 
chapter 1. And I'm not going to go through this whole story. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was not a Jew. But he sought the true God. There's an importance there. I'm not going to go through all that. But at the same time, Peter has a vision of unclean beasts coming down. <laughs> and he's told to eat, and he says, I'll not eat. <laughs> That's kind of Peter. He's a Jew. That's not something you do. He says, what I've called clean, call not unclean. And he didn't really understand at that time what, what all this was about, but it was pulling Cornelius and his family there together, and he was going to preach to them. And he knew that he could go into his house because... The gen, because under the Gentiles was, was given salvation as well. And so he had to learn that. At this point, he, he kept away from that. Might say it might be like in our church where we could all hoard up and, and say, you know, this is, this is our family. We don't want to give the gospel out to the rest of the world. They're just heathens out there, you know. Um, but he went out. And uh, he gave them the gospel, and they got saved. That was a major experience that later is going to come into play. And I'm trying to wrap this, wrap this up cleanly. But there became a situation also later with there was a lot of Judaism happening, which was against Christianity. They weren't wanting to bring and mix this all together. And circumcision was brought up. I mean, they were wanting to circumcise uh, Gentiles, you know, to become part of Christianity. And that came up to Peter. And Peter, recalling this situation, basically said, no, that should not be. And then they turned to... Um, to Paul, and um, I think Barnabas maybe, and and they questioned him, and they stood and said, "No, you know, they, they, you shouldn't put this yoke on them." You know, was, they were fighting Judaism in the in the church, which seems good. And today, I'll tell you what, we have a lot of people who worship Judaism and mix that in with Christianity. They're around you; you'll find them. Then there was a time when Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword in Acts 12.1. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, <laughs> the Jews, he proceeded to further to take Peter also. And they take him, they put him in prison, and he's beside two, chained to two guards beside him, and an angel comes. It's just hard to fathom how this happens and talks to him he thinks he's like dreaming in some kind of trance until he gets out and this and they and they just kind of leave him out there in the street where the others were praying for him because they knew he was he was dead to rights they killed James they're going to kill him kill Peter this is his last days we're praying for him we're, pr we're praying that uh maybe they're praying that it doesn't hurt so bad he doesn't feel the pain. Grace God be on him when he does. You know, and they're all in prayer. 
he comes knocking at the door. And Rhoda comes in and hears the voice, says, it's Peter. And they're like, oh, yeah, it can't be Peter. It's got to be his ghost or something, you know. And lo and behold, it's him. This is Peter's life. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. Man, he's learning to depend on God. Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, this Herod, who had Peter, dead to rights, right? Arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and made an oration to them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. Doesn't that sound familiar back in the Old Testament? Nebuchadnezzar. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And we're going to end there. And next week, with that backdrop of Peter's life, we're going to listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And by all what he, the authority that he has, we ought to give great heed to what he says, how he says it, how he organizes it. And I think we'll gain a lot more out of those epistles than if we didn't realize and appreciate Peter and his life. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for your blessings, Lord God. I don't know how you might have spoke through this time of just learning about Peter, but I know how you work. The Word of God is, is brought out and you point out things to us. Things that the preacher could never anticipate. But you speak, and that's what's important. I pray, Lord, that each person here would take heed to what was said to them this morning by your Holy Spirit. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let me give you an opportunity. to raise your hand if the Lord spoke to you this morning. But just in any way, as the Lord spoke to you this morning, just raise your hand to thank Him for His Word in your life. It's a way of praising Him as we talked about this morning. It's private between you and God.
Thank you all for your attention this morning. I pray you're enjoying the listening and just getting involved in, in Peter and his life and what he went through. We can probably associate with some of the things uh, through his life, but what a mighty God he served and what a mighty God we serve. He's interested in you. He's interested in you knowing him for the very first time and then taking your life and making it something that he intended it to be. And what a wonderful thing that it is and to have meaning in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Just ask uh, that you would guide each family here, each person. Lord God, may we have uh, a growing relationship with you. And um, that's all we can do, little bits at a time. And Father, we ask that um, you would show yourself strong in our lives, that we'd be encouraged and uh, to grow more into your likeness. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.